Hey community, welcome to our sermon podcast for wanderers, seekers, and thinkers, for deconstructing and reconstructing. This is a feed of Open Door Church, a faith community focused on God's love and grace, a progressive church built around action, community, and people. Enjoy this week's message and check back often as we're posting new content every week. been talking about Advent, and one of the questions we've been asking is, in, this, in the fullness of the Advent season, looking through the scripture from the lectionary, which we also don't do on a regular basis, but is, is asking that question from our Advent conversation, how do we become, or how do we be, a welcoming community? Last week I shared this story with you of the, uh, of the woman that was doing research, visited a family in Mexico. Uh, is dropped off in the middle of the desert and it says, okay, this is my spot. And the taxi driver was like, are you sure I'm supposed to drop you off here? This doesn't make sense. Are you, this is not safe, whatever you're doing. And down from the mountains comes a family and a donkey and, uh, and takes her back up the mountains, two hours into the mountains to stay at their home. Uh, and they set aside it. They set aside their own room. They put her in their own room. They take care of her. They look after her. They have uh, almost nothing, but they offer her everything that they have. And when they travel, well, when they practice Las Posadas, which is uh, which is a, a tradition there, where they go from they practice the story of. Uh, Mary and Joseph going from place to place looking for a place to stay. And so when they, when they do that, they have to travel two hours to the nearest community to practice this. And so they traveled as a family and with this woman two hours and they went from place to place. And, and at the end of it, the entire community who has so little, the entire community has so little, but they throw this huge feast, and it's this full effort of community. And she came back after that, and she says, I want to be part of an Advent community, of a welcoming community. And so, uh, and so that's driven this full series of, like, what does this look like, and what are we doing, and where are we going? Uh, in the question of, of Advent, how do we be preparing for or to be that welcoming community? So this morning we're going to do a little bit more of that and, uh, and a little bit of reflection on that. So this, uh, this week the lectionary brings, brings us a, a passage from Micah, a couple of passages from Luke, and a passage from Hebrews, and we're going to focus in on Luke uh, because it's also the alternative text for Micah, and it's also uh, an alternative text for Luke. And we've been in Luke the last few weeks, and so it's kind of nice to, to be here again. But I want to start with Micah, because if you remember this Advent season, often the lectionary includes scripture uh, that are uh, eschatological in nature. I know, I'll back up. About the coming end times. And, And they do that, and as they tell that story, they are often... In this moment where, where grief is so strong, where the world is so broken and nothing seems to make sense, that, that you have to, as a community, as an individual, as a person, you have to sort of back up and ask yourself, if this is what it's supposed to be, there's something wrong. And so out of those moments come uh, this beautiful 
uh, often poetry, often uh, prose, often stories about something that's coming when God comes and fixes everything that's broken. Fixes the evil in the world, makes right the wrongs. That is, that is the story that is often told during Advent when God is coming and out of the midst of everything that seems wrong and broken with the world, God is coming to fix and restore and renew. And so this morning when we start with Micah, that's part of this text is, is where we're at. So we're in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule Israel, whose origin, excuse me, rule in Israel. Those are kind of two different things, I guess. Uh, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore, we, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. So Micah is telling this story about a time when Israel is restored, and we've done a lot of that work over the last few weeks, when Israel is restored by a king who fixes everything that's been wrong. And remember that, that distinction between the God of the monarchy and the God of Moses, one of freedom and, uh, and restoring those who have been uh, oppressed and powerless, and then the God who, of, of the monarchy who is lifting up a, a family to rule and to govern, which often requires pushing down of others. Uh, so in this moment, there is something different coming, something uh, more whole, something more pure than what has been the monarchy in the past. And so we can't leave that. We can't just mash those two together and say God's restoring the old kingdom because that's not the fullness of what's happened. And, uh, and in this moment, he shall be the one of peace. As we continue to tell this story, we continue to see these signs of role reversals, of, uh, of the lifting up of those that are, are at the bottom or those that are uh, on the outskirts. And here in this moment, even in this moment of great excitement of, let me tell you what God's going to do, uh, the statement is, but you, O Bethlehem, a small, tiny community outside of Jerusalem, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel. And so even in the subtleties, and remember, uh, so immediately, David being from Bethlehem, immediately we are recalling the great King David, and we are thinking about this moment when, do you remember the moment when David is anointed? His father brings out the oldest, the strongest, the, the most secure, and says, I think you must be looking for this son. No, that's not him. And they work all the way down through the brothers. But David is off in a field. David is, is doing the dirty work of the family, looking after 
looking after the flock. He says, do you have anyone else? And he brings in David, the smallest, the weakest, the least in the entire family. And David is anointed. So immediately in this moment, the little clans of Judah from Bethlehem, you are already, if we're in context here, you are already aware of the role reversal that has happened in the moment and the story of, of David. And now, in this moment, we are recalling back that same story of role reversal, of the, of the weak being lifted up, the strong being uh, put in their place, you could say. And so we start there this morning with Micah chapter 5. Alternative for that is Mary's song, which we referenced a few weeks ago, uh, which is maybe one of, well, which is one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, and we're going to do it a little bit in a minute, because, uh, because the next moment in, uh, in the lectionary and in the story is we, we've been looking at John and him preparing the way for Jesus. So now we back up a few, a few chapters and we look at Luke chapter 1, when Mary and Elizabeth are with child, and they are coming together, uh, Mary has gone, on, gone out to visit her. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that, my, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken by her to her by the Lord. Okay, a little bit of history again. Two babies in womb interacting. You have any, like, does that like ring any bells? Jacob and Esau. I think when you read this, you're supposed to hear the story of Jacob and Esau who are struggling in the womb together. Because what happens in that story is, uh, is God tells the older Again, the stronger, the better, the more important, the more significant, the older will serve the younger. Here, Elizabeth, who is old in age, John, who is going to come before and prepare, we've just done all of this work of John preparing, is the one who leaps for excitement in the womb at the presence of who will be Jesus. And Mary, young insignificant, with child, unmarried, not supposed to be here, and Elizabeth is here serving her. John is here preparing the way for Jesus, and we have this moment again where everything is turned upside down that is supposed to be right in the world, and we recall that story of Jacob and Esau when Esau is and Jacob are struggling in the wound, and they struggle their entire lives over power, and Jacob, the younger, the weaker, the carer of the home, and all of these different things that he wasn't fulfilling his manliness is the one that God chooses and lifts up and puts in uh, the lineage of David. 
two things that that, uh, Elizabeth shares here. One, blessed are you among women uh, first for the fruit of your womb and second because of her commitment and her willingness and her believing in the fulfillment that was spoken to her by the Lord. And so in this moment, she's lifted up from, an, from her older, wiser, caring relative. She is lifted up for those reasons. And there is this moment of, uh, of reversal. Minimal, but strong. Okay, let's get to the good stuff. So Mary's song is, is, part, of this, uh, is part of this tradition because, in part, she's telling the story that Luke wants to be told. Luke needs you to hear about a king coming uh, to power through the story of a baby, an infant, about a, um, about a victory through death, about, about women that are lifted up, about uh, those that are poor and broken and powerless being lifted up and brought. Luke's already started that story in the story of Mary and Elizabeth. And as Mary shares this song... It is just hammered in. And there's something significant that happens here because we're still talking in that Advent season. We're still talking appropriately in an eschatological, in an end times kind of thought process where God is going to undo all of the wrong that's happening in the world. Uh, Mary is singing in that voice, in that moment. And so... Uh, so we have to think about this not just in terms, and this is going to get sketchy here for a second, okay? Not just in terms of uh, the social structures, because that's I can get lost in that. I read the story of Luke, and I can get lost in the social structures being turned upside down. But Mary is doing something different here. It is a both and. Mary is making a theological statement about those social structures. Yes, it's social. Bigger than that, it's theological, which is kind of sketchy, like thin ice to be walking on. But we're going to do it anyway, because we can. And Mary said, we're in uh, chapter 1, verse 46. This is immediately following that interaction. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. You see, this is a both and story. When we start in uh, in verse 50, no, 51, it's a past tense When we read it in English, it's translated as a past tense. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in their thoughts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. 
All of it is past tense. But the Greek is a little more subtle than that. Uh, this is the problem with translating things because, because language shapes how you think about the world. It's kind of an odd statement, but language shapes how you think about the world. And if you don't have uh, the, the clean tenses, which we think about the world in past, present, and future, all of our languages f- functions past, present, and future, this tense of verb in the he has statements is, uh, is, an, is called aorist tense. And it is a time-sensitive tense, but probably best translated here as a future past tense. Does that make sense, anyone? Lots of glazed eyes. God will have lifted up the lowly. God will have taken down the proud with their thoughts uh, in themselves or whatever. God will have done this. It is a, it is a statement of assurance that, that Mary is, it is a, a statement of confidence. Uh, there's, there's lots of really great theological statements in The Simpsons. You didn't expect that word, right? But there's one moment, there's one really beautiful moment. Bart is, has worked at not at all to study for a test. He tried. He tried really hard, and he just couldn't do it. Uh, but, but he's worked not at all to study for a test, and the test is coming the next day, and his, his last thought is, God has to pull me out of this. And so he prays to God and asks for God to, to cancel school the next day. Please, please, please cancel school th- tomorrow. And he closes his prayer like this. Thanking you in advance, Bart Simpson. Mary is thanking God in advance. And turns out, snow came, school canceled, he had a blast, failed the test the day after that. Something like that. Anyway, some really beautiful theological statements out of The Simpsons. Anyway, uh, Mary is thinking about the future, but talking in past tense and telling you let me tell you how confident I am in the work that God is going to do. And we're going to move from here into John talking about Jesus preparing the way and, and referencing uh, those different prophets with the hills being brought flat and the valleys being lifted. This is, this is the same line of thought except that Mary is explicitly naming the work that God is going to do to lift up the powerless and the broken. But this, remember, is a theological statement, not only social. So these are all social things. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. This hasn't happened yet. But it's going to happen because this is who God is and this is how God works. He has, helped his, uh, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As in, they don't deserve it, but God has mercy according to the promises he made to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. And so in this moment, and this is where it gets really sketchy, when she makes a theological statement that the proud are going to be brought low and the low are going to be lifted up. You do that theologically. I'll just leave it there. Let's call that a theological and a social statement and think about what could Mary, what could God mean 
to bring to switch the roles in a theological context in the end times. This is Luke's story. The preparation for God coming, the preparation that John does uh, in the next couple of chapters, this is Luke's story of lifting up those that are on the bottom and bringing down those that are on the top. She begins with this beautiful rejoicing. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for He has looked on favor on the lowliness of His servant. And that's not only a human-to-God relationship. She's identifying in that, I don't belong here. This is not where I belong in this story. Again, unwed, young woman carrying the weight of God in her. She doesn't belong here. She is the outcast of outcasts right now. And she is brought to the center stage of God's story. But God's story is the role reversal. So the outcast becomes lifted up to center stage. And those that should be at center stage are moved to the background. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy is those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. That's military. That's physical strength with His arm from generation to generation. He has shown, uh, excuse me, He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts and brought down the powerful and lifted up the lowly and filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. And so in that moment of that Las Posadas story, when you travel from place to place and are told, no, you don't belong here. No, you're not welcome. No, you don't fit in. No, we don't have space. Mary arrives flipping the storyline. And if we're going to be an Advent community, we are going to be about doing the same here and now and preparing for the time when we can do the same in the future past tense. When we will have brought the valleys up and we will have flattened all the mountains. We will have pulled people out of poverty and leveled the playing fields for social equity and care and love and compassion and grace for the entirety of our community. That's the work that God is calling, to, calling us to in the Song of Mary. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Open Door Church. Our intro and outro music was created by Lee Rosevere and is used under a Creative Commons by Attribution license. Have a great week. Ask the hard questions and explore God's love. Everyone is always welcome to join the journey with us at Open Door. Learn more at opendoorfamily.ca. That's opendoorfamily.ca.